0: all right good morning for community church sorry for all the technical difficulties we're about four or five minutes late coming on but hopefully you have not checked out we have not checked out we're diving into the book of exodus and so we are up to exodus chapter 12 and god is getting ready to send the tenth and final plague the killing of the firstborn in egypt and he's given explicit instructions for the Israelites for how they are to observe this what they're supposed to do as as their part of the Passover and some of these details as we read through them can seem arcane and sort of primitive and irrelevant to us but as I think we're gonna see this morning that's anything but the case so here we go we're gonna be in Exodus chapter 12 um, we're going to begin at verse 14 and and read down through verse 28 so here we go this day shall be and he's speaking of the passover and this day shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the lord throughout your generations as a statute forever you shall keep it as a feast seven days you shall eat unleavened bread on the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses, for if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from the land, cut off from Israel. On the first day you shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day a holy, and on, sorry, on that first day you shall hold a holy assembly, and on the seventh day a holy assembly. No work shall be done on those days, but what everyone needs to eat, that alone may be prepared for you and you shall observe the feast of unleavened bread. For on this very day I brought your host out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations as a statute forever. In the first month from the 14th day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread until the 21st day of the month at evening. For seven days no leaven is to be found in your house. houses. If anyone eats what is leavened, That person will be cut off from the congregation of Israel, whether he is a sojourner or a native of the land. You shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwelling places, you shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourself according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians, and when he sees the blood on the lintel, and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your houses to strike you. You shall observe this rite as a statue for you and for your sons forever. And when you come to the land that the Lord will give you as he promised, you shall keep this service. And when our children say to you, What do you mean by this service? you shall say, It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover. For he passed over the houses of Israel and Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. And the people bowed their heads and worshipped. And the Lord and the people of Israel went and did so as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Now we talked a good bit yesterday about the the part of the Passover where the people were to sprinkle the blood over the doors and the angel was to pass over. But I actually want to focus in on what for us may seem really obscure and bizarre. And that is this, um, this idea of, of the fact that the the children of Israel were not to eat leavened bread before they departed on the ex from the Exodus. So, so just a brief baking lesson here unleavened bread, um, is basically bread cooked without yeast, and so yeast, okay, for the culinarily challenged amongst us, is is really fermented dough, and it's it's wine is fermented grapes, um, yeast is fermented dough, and it's what is put into the into the into the dough to make it rise and to give it um, taste and texture, and so so unleavened or, or Bread made without yeast is actually quite flat. It's more like crackers or, or, or tact or something like that. And the, and the idea was is that the Israelites need to, needed to be prepared to eat a meal the night before the Passover that was commiserate with what they were about to do. So they were they were to dress in their sandals and their robes and their traveling clothes, kind of like the Von Trapp family singers getting ready to escape Austria in the middle of the night. They were they were to be ready to travel. Um, well, obviously um, they had to take provisions. They had to eat food, take food, and so there wasn't time or or really capacity to take leavened bread or fermented yeast with them. That takes time, right, to cook a meal that way. They were to take. Instead, unleavened bread, and because that was easily prepared with 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 very little, okay, um, you know, it didn't it didn't take as long to prepare. That's that's what we're trying to say here, and this is really pointed to if you look over in um, that um, in chapter twelve, it says, verse thirty nine, and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough that they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves. So you see that that there's this idea that they are being sent forth, they were being catapulted out of Egypt. They didn't have time to, to, to sit down at the baking channel, right? They had to be ready to go. Now, what's, what's, what's interesting about this is that um, it was said that this was to be commemorated and done in in future generations so um, whenever the israelites were to celebrate okay the passover meal in the future on an annual basis and this was called the feast of unleavened bread they were told very clearly um, not to eat leavened bread during this particular time period and that it was to be a memorial it was to be a reminder in fact um, you can see here The command and how significant this was for communicating to the people of Israel the faithfulness of God and how he would meet them in coming generations all right so so go back to the text that we just read for a second um, in in chapter 12 where and I'm finding these in the exact verse here um, you shall observe this right as a statute verse 24 for you and for your sons forever right verse 26 and when your children say to you what do you mean by this service you shall say it is the sacrifice of the lord's passover so in other words there was this seemingly meaningless ritual okay um to us at least that was actually full of meaning for the israelites and that they were to do and then commemorate for successive generations okay um and uh When the children were to ask why are we eating unleavened bread the parents would be able to rehearse to reenact tell them about god's faithfulness and how he had worked and brought the people out of the land of egypt and and so sometimes this idea can be a foreign idea to us that there there should actually be rhythms and memorials and um, patterns and types and symbols that we are employing as part of our christian walk um, that are going to seem strange, that are going to seem bizarre, but they we do them in order to um, tell our children and remind one another about the goodness of God. Because, see, it's obviously much, much bigger here than the yeast, okay, in this passage. It's about, did the Israelites believe and trust in the promises of God? Did they believe that God was going to be faithful? Did they believe that God was going to bring them out of Israel? And in the same way, we do the same thing when we do things like, for example, we take the Lord's Supper. Now think about it. For those on the outside, it's a completely bizarre, meaningless, irrelevant thing. We eat a little piece of bread, drink a little bit of wine, and that's supposed to have spiritual significance. Well, it does because of what it points to. It points to the permanent sacrificial death and blood of Jesus on our behalf. And so when we do these things, okay, in the assembly together as a church and our children are asking what is going on, what an opportunity to tell them, what an opportunity to rehearse that for them. And it's a great reminder for us that we think about, uh, particularly in this COVID season, um, where certainly we're thankful for things like technology, we're thankful for things like live streaming, but they aren't a substitute, okay, A permanent substitute for gathering as the Lord's people that's why we gather to remind ourselves we sing we take the Lord's Supper we stand under the preaching of God's Word these are all somewhat strange things to a secular world Um, but it gives us the opportunity to remind ourselves of God's faithfulness to rehearse them for our children and to say Lord we are trusting you that one day you will come back you will gather your people those for whom you have died and we can now walk in faith and trust in you. And so these rhythms we have in our life as Christians, whatever they are, whether they're family devotions or praying around the, the table um, at home or reading scripture passages or whatever it is, singing together as a family, those all have um, important meaning just beyond um, the mere ritual of them. The rituals rep- point to the reality. So, so this was this was what was behind this idea of unleavened bread. Now, interestingly, in the New Testament, the scripture writers pick up this idea of leaven, okay, or yeast, and use it in a in a in a different sort of context. So, for for example, you oftentimes hear Jesus saying, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Um, and and what he's pointing to there is the fact that This fermentation of false teaching and false religion um, that was demonstrated and lived out by the Pharisees, okay, was in fact an infection, um, worked its way through the dough of spiritual religious life um, in ancient Israel and led many astray. And so he was saying the Pharisees are few, but their influence is much. And because they are leaders and they have all these opportunities to be teaching and leading the people, and they're leading them wrongly. So, in that sense, leaven has a real negative connotation, okay? Um, Paul picks up on this. If you have your Bibles, I know you do. 1 Corinthians 5, when he says, when he's addressing sin in the church, okay? 1 Corinthians 5, verse 6 Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Okay, same idea, a little bit of fermentation contaminates or affects the whole bunch. Paul then says, Cleanse out the old leaven that ye, you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and envy, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. How interesting! So Paul says, "Let me take an Old Testament analogy that you think is is meaningless now, New Testament believer, and let me show you how it's relevant. Now we don't leave, you know, um, yeast out of our dough to remind us. We we cleanse ourselves not of physical leaven, but of spiritual leaven, which Paul says is malice and envy and deceit and sin." We guard our hearts. We guard our church family. We pursue purity and we pursue holiness, understanding that a little bit of leaven, this is true corporately as a church family. It's true personally in our own souls and life. A little bit will contaminate the whole, just like a drop of Hershey syrup will color the whole glass of milk. There's so many things we could say about this it's a warning not to to mess with sin it's a warning not to play footsie with sin to not to mess around with sin not to not um play games with sin but to deal decisively with it to set ourselves apart and paul's using this in the in the in the context of church discipline that if you're not disciplining one another and exhorting one another on to love and good deeds then then unconfessed unchecked sin Will contaminate the whole family was true for our own souls as well and so this is all to say when we read these old testament passages let's always look to the new Testament to see how those writers are using them there okay and so um so there's just powerful powerful truth theology to derive from these old testament passages let's look to the new to show us the way okay I hope this makes it online. I don't know if this recorded or not. Hopefully it did. Um, Sorry for the technical difficulties, but we'll be back here. Same time, same station tomorrow as we continue through Exodus. Let's pray. Lord, we want to cleanse our life of any leaven, anything contamination that is dishonoring to you that threatens our soul and our spiritual lives. Lord, let us take that seriously. And we pray, Father, um, and thank you that Jesus came um, and was the Passover sacrifice lamb for us and who cleanses us from all of our leaven. And so, Lord, we ask that you would go before us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.